Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And it's the uh, 15th of November, 2022, halfway through the month. And I've been here for two weeks in a row. It's a record. It's, it's a record. Ah, so here we are. It's the uh, the end of the year, really. I mean, from here on through January 1st is just like lickety split, right? Yeah. You got parties, you got things, you got Thanksgiving, you got... Are they going to be that many parties this year? I don't know, maybe. Parties? It's, uh, it's Tuesday night. I left a party just now to come here. Oh, yeah, but you're in Florida. So it's an outlier. Oh? Well, in what? Yeah, around in here, what? they're all masked up still. They are not. Oh, yeah. I went I, I went to the uh, Costco today, and uh, half the people coming out of Costco, outside, outside by themselves, getting in their car, they were wearing masks. It's like silly now at this point. It's just silly. But it, well, you, you know, you, you've always said it. California's making a a statement. A, they're they're trying to be say something with you know that that they're above and they are they know better and they are. Good. But but you know, in private, they're just probably just mean, nasty people. Once the mask comes off, yeah. Uh, well, they look better with the mask on. Mm. All right, let's do a warm up. I got a big question for you that we're gonna have to talk about tonight. Hey. What happened to the red wave? Well, it was sub, it was sabotaged as you if last uh, no agenda show we discussed this. It was sabotaged by the Republicans, and for the reason of fill in the blank. Uh, well, they don't. Nobody wanted to stop the the money train going to Ukraine because it's been, I guess it cycled around and people were were making out on the deal, and there was too much many threats that these new Republicans that wanted to get in were going to try to actually do some something good. They're going to stop funding the war and maybe some other things that they, they, they didn't want them. The old old line Republicans did not want these people. Well, you know, th- there is some discussion that the Republicans maybe or or well, let me say this. The decision to pass or overturn Roe v. Wade probably was not time in, in the right time sequence for a midterm election. Probably got a lot of people all gamed up, don't you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But they could have calmed it down. But then you had somebody, a Republican like Lindsey Graham, introducing a bill. This is actually pointed out by some other podcaster, introducing a bill to codify not, you know, making abortion illegal in all states nationwide. And he puts that bill forth when it's like impossible to get that bill passed in the first place. And he knew that, but it got drew even more negative attention to the Republicans, even though he's a Republican and, and a, but a warmonger. And uh, that didn't help things any. That's a good example of sabotage. Uh, Mitch McConnell had the Senate fund of uh, tons of money that he gave away, gave none of it to the, the Republicans that were in competitive races, like the woman in Arizona, the guy in Arizona, places like that. He cut, cut them off. This is, this was a scam. The these Republicans, thing. these Republicans are terrible people. Terrible people and, and not smart. No, you don't know that. Well, maybe they're too smart then. I mean, something's 
it seems not right. It seems like they should add a shoe into they this didn't whole deal. Want it. They, they, they didn't. They were smart so, enough to make the wet red wave be a fizzle. So what you're saying is that essentially the Republicans decided that if they they decided to to not get in in order to not have the stink upon them of the things that were going on. Is that what you're saying? No, they didn't want to get it get in because they didn't want anything changing. They didn't want the gravy train, the Ukraine gravy train changing for their buddies in the military industrial company. There's no stink involved. It's just corruption. Ah, well, okay, so corruption, not stink. Okay, a different word with a very similar meaning. But uh, the interesting thing is another $39 billion today yeah, is being, uh, I think, $11 billion for COVID something or other. And $39 billion for Ukraine. And I'm thinking to myself, just for a minute, I'm thinking, Andrew, you know, maybe uh, maybe numbers aren't your thing or something, but where is another <laughs> $39 billion going this time? Yeah. Amazing. Nobody knows. Well, uh, we're going to say this at the top of the show, uh, and I'm going to stick to it. We're not talking about Musk or Twitter oh, okay. on this whole show, even though we just did say the names. You just did, but... but for the Not purpose really. of it's up sick, yeah. sick, sick, sick of the stuff that goes on there. Okay, I'm, I'm in. We have new a new tax in Massachusetts, and greed has become the favorite sport of Americans. Uh, again, you know, greed is good, and as as Gordon Gecko said, and it's become very incredibly um, potent. More so, and this I I take this back to all of the different financial disasters that have happened. In, in the recent past, when I say recent past, I'll even go back to 2000, the year 2000, 1999-2000, when nothing was allowed to fail. Oh, you had an Enron here or there, a Peapod, who cares? You know, you have a, a layman. That's it. After that, there's enough pain. We're going oh, to bear. bear. We're going to rebuild. We're going to push money in the system. And that has created the buy the dip at all costs, uh, the, the the incredible hubris of people that think they're just, you know, incredibly talented when yet they're riding a particular wave in one way or another. And it's turned into, you know, how much can I amass from either, you know, utilizing uh, not necessarily skills, but uh, the, inside, the inside track on things. And... We have a, a a tremendous story to talk about with FTX, yeah, which is just incredible. In a matter of days, how a company goes from, you know, looked at and 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 seen as, wow, this is an incredible, incredible thing that has been built, the number two crypto exchange, FTX, and and days later, it is it's it's bankrupt. Uh, worth zero. Yeah. Like like they had the bankruptcy attorneys lined up, interviewed, and ready to go well before any of this broke. Do you think you can find a bankruptcy attorney that quickly? Oh, I'm sure they came begging. Yeah, they could. So here's what's happened since the last time that you and I were together last week. There was an enormous, outsized, Huge rally. Two days. We had a 1,200-point move on the Dow 
on Thursday after the CPI number came in at only 7.7% on a year-over-year basis. In addition to that, even though there was no red wave, there was the hope. There is the hope because we still have to we – st- we still have to, I think, get to the finality, finale of this of this election, which is unbelievable in its own right, isn't it? Yeah, and people wonder why they there's some concern about a hanky panky. I mean, right now Georgia has to do a runoff. Uh, Fetterman won, which I, 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 no words, I can't even understand. Well, they that. also had a dead guy who who ran and won. Well. That, I vote for the dead guy over Fetterman. Yeah, well, there's that. Yeah, I, <laughs> right. I would say that's probably a. Yeah, I probably would too. Yeah. So we saw this big rally. I mean, humongous move, seven percent move on the Nasdaq in one day. Now you remember, in October there was an incredible move for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I think it was fourteen percent for October. I think right. Yes. And then there was some rolling over and a few things and started the month off a little bit questionable here this month. We are now positive for the month and the Nasdaq is just on fire. Short squeeze is happening, but a, but I think this was more of an offsided flip-flop where you come in, you see a number that's expected to be well, well the whisper is, you know, it's going to be hot. We can see a very hot CPI, the inflation number be prepared. You know, Kramer's talking about, you know, the growth stock's going to take a big hit if we see another hot number and blah, 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 blah. And these guys, oh, it's going to be hot. You know, how could it cool down? Look at what they're talking about. The Fed knows. And meanwhile, it comes in underneath even the most coolest level, comparatively, that was expected. And then on the heels of that, we have other things that happen. We have a, a conversation on Friday that maybe, from the Fed speakers, that maybe, just maybe, we're not going to continue increasing at the same pace that we are. Maybe time to slow down. Oh, people go crazy. PPI comes out. Things are great. Manufacturing numbers come out. Uh, and then even, even today, there was some things that came out that were looking pretty good. And Walmart's doing better. And then a lot of things happen. Then all of a sudden, things go kaplooey today. About 2 o'clock. Everything starts wiggling on my on my screens. You know what I'm talking about? Things start getting like weird. Uh, I can imagine how you deal with that. Yeah. It's funny. And it's starting to move. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? It's like, you know, I'm trying to like do a couple what? things. I'm like, what's happening? It's like, it's, you, can't, you can't miss this. And I'm like, oh. Then we get the news today that bombs are dropping in Poland. Russian oh, yeah. bombs are dropping in Poland. We're like, oh, that's not good. How is that? Then it was unconfirmed. Then it was maybe looking like maybe not back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Stock market was back up uh, from I think there was a six hundred odd number, six hundred and sixty six point range from the top to the bottom of the of the Dow Jones today. Man, De- the devil's lot. number, the devil's number. So this happens throughout the day, and now I don't even know what's happening. Supposedly it's a piece of scrap scrap that maybe was fired upon by the Ukrainians. That hit these targets, but meanwhile, two people died. Very strange. We don't know what's going on. Um, from all accounts, it does look like the probability is it was uh, an accident. But now Poland's all up in a tizzy, and you don't know who's going to set off what alarms for whatever, right? Yeah. Well, the market, yeah. 
So the market's all pissed off. Yields have dropped, though, recently. The U.S. dollar's dropped like 3.5% from its high. These are all good things for the market. These are all things that have been hampering the uh, any rally of any, sub, uh, you know, any, any, any continuation of a rally. Sustained. Yeah. But the dollar moving down has been very interesting. It was, uh, I think, yeah, it was 138, 39. Remember, it was like 152 the other day. Dollar. Let's take a look. Gold is moving up. Yeah, 139.67 for the yen. Yeah. Gold has been moving up. Silver. No, the euro up. hasn't changed much. It's 103. No. Yeah, not much. But I think it was, it wasn't the euro at 98 at one point. Well, that was for one. Well, I think that was one lone day and it popped back up mm -hmm. next day or two. And it's been hovering around 102, 103, 104. So, so all these things are lining up in favor of a bullish commentary here. China is supposedly easing up on COVID restrictions. And again, they're going out, pushing in all sorts of material changes to their economic plan that is helping out the real estate sector, which has been a big problem. Oh, so they, they can't. That real estate section of theirs has got to collapse. It's, it is not, they can't fix it. It's not fixable. No, but all they're doing is deferring and trying to cover up. Yeah, well, they're good at that. Yeah, they're very good at that. They're doing it again. But like I said, you could cover a pile of dog shit with a beautiful layer of chocolate coating, but underneath that chocolate coating, still a pile of dog shit. Not fun to eat. So Biden's college forgiveness plan being shot down. So you know what they do? It's a scam. You know what they do? It was just to get votes. Good work. Right. But you know what they do now? They said, you know, if it's going to be shut down and it's not going to be approved, we'll just extend the uh, loan payment requirements again, even longer. Yeah, they can do that, but I don't get the point of it. Now that the election's over, what difference does it make? I don't know, but it hurts the banks. It hurts the financial Well, the banks deserve to get hurt because they're the ones that are big supporters of Biden. So Okay, well, the, the other places that were bought a lot of stu student debt, like a SoFi and a um, variety of other uh, financial institutions that bought tremendous amounts or issued tremendous amounts of student debt, not getting paid anything. That's not fair. No, it's not fair at all. I'm just saying, it's just not. But again, you get what you pay for. Yeah. So I wrote a piece today. I'm going to talk about a little bit more on the Discipline Investor podcast this weekend uh, about uh, asexual finance. You know, asexual is where you have the reproduction abilities uh, to basically screw yourself to create more of you. Right? I always thought asexual means you had no reproductive capabilities. You couldn't even screw yourself. No, no. Asexual is the ability to like viruses and things of that nature. I thought that would be unisexual or... No, I'll read you the... Okay, read me the definition. I'm going to read you... Okay, people who identify as asexual... No, that's... that's, 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 that's this is people. A, asexual reproduction. Here we go. Uh, asexual... Made I don't a want to throw a by the way, I don't want to throw a wrench into your essay. Oh. But... But why not? Okay, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that I think your definition of asexual, you may be using the wrong term. Asexual reproduction is a mode of reproduction in which a new offspring is produced by a single parent. 
Okay. The new individual producers are genetically and physically identical to each other. They are clones of the parent. Asexual reproduction is observed in both molecular and unicellular organisms. All right. So I'm using it in that in that definition. I'm in. Okay. No. Uh, but I understand your point. It's kind of like everybody is just it, it's 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 like okay. So if I take a wad of cash and I move it from my right to my left. Does that mean I have more or less? The same. Yeah. But somehow I can create this mystique that somehow I, 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 my left pocket bought something from my right pocket. Now it's worth more. This is the kind of thing that's going on. It's this, it's this self, you know, it's just constantly pushing self and creating more of something without anything actually happening. And everybody seems to be, you know, it's one big screw job that is yielding nothing. And this is a lesson we learned with FTX this week. There's a lot of lessons we learned. Yes, but FTX, as others have pointed out, this is a, this is similar things have happened in the recent, it was in recent memory. What? There's other examples in a smaller scale of, of these crypto operations doing this sort of thing and then leveraging their own crypto coin, which is the funniest part of the whole thing. I, I got a kick out of this FTX thing personally. Well, the problem is, uh, by the way, they're pointing out also in the uh, chat room that unisexual organisms can only generate one type of gamete. And um, there's a whole thing about, Unisexual going on. I, I think you you did the right thing by reading the definition as opposed to listening to the chat room. Yep. So, uh, but here's the thing: the, the the these kids that were holed up in a penthouse or at a suite in the Bahamas, all once again having relationships with each other. So it's like this big incestuous pool of of just slop, creating, running various companies that are all once again, you know, having a giant financial orgy with each other, creating somehow this magical mountain of cash. You follow what I'm saying? How this goes? It's it's not really there. Yeah. It's a mirage. It's a giant mirage. Yes. And I think that the losses, the, the, the millions and millions of billions of dollars uh, of losses is crazy. And, and I feel that it's, it's unfortunately the fault of the boomers, us parents, who said to these kids, okay, okay yeah, yeah, do what you want. Don't worry about what other people think. And, and the fact is, I've turned, <laughs> it, turned it around that, number one, we, if, you don't wanna, if you don't want to start fires, don't play, let kids play with matches. And that's what happened in this situation here. Nobody was overseeing. Nobody was regulating. Nobody was doing anything. It's like, oh, how great. Fact is, these kids, these non-boomers, are screwing with the basic tenets of finance. And it's really kind of pathetic. Well, they had over, I mean, Sequoia Capital is one of the big boys that was involved with the tune of, I think, $200 million in the early days, early investments. Um, they should be overseeing this. They're, they're smart guys. There's a smart guys in the room, aren't they? Or are they not? I don't know. Is it the smart guys this guy, in the room? This, this guy uh, ran this FTX was a slob. And, you know, it was like a bamboozled them, you know, wearing his tennis shoes and his shorts. 
Yeah, driving and a, an old... and a beat up t shirt. Mm-hmm. And even Zelensky, like I said before, is uh, wears new t shirts every day. Doesn't wear a beat up old thing. And then you know, just it's insult to your intelligence. Uh, but they bought into it. So uh, what are you going to say? I don't know. It seems to me that it's possibly there was a moment of uh, a moment of, of of no oxygen in the room or something where people said, oh, maybe he invested. So if he's investing, maybe I'll invest. And I figure he did the work. I think there had to be elements of that. There had to be if there were there had to be elements of that. The, the whole thing is. Which is the problem with the with the group think mentality of the West Coast venture capital community. Mm-hmm. And then you have all these, you know, there's one thing about the venture capital, the VCs and the PEs, private equities. You know, they, they go in there and they, you know, private equity is well known for gutting companies, leveraging it up, cleaning them up, and then spitting them out for a much higher value, right? Cleaning that whole up. Venture, cap- yeah, venture capital is is... is is good at you know raising money on, on money, money on money, and trying to get you know then offloading it one day at a much higher multiple of what they put in. Right to the uh, suckers. Right to the suckers. This though was one step beyond that. It was the combination of the uh, private equity, which was a, which invoked debt, massive debt and leverage, on top of the venture capital, which would then bring money on money. But one more point, it was the the carnival barkers. It was the proponents of not only Bitcoin and the shininess of and how it, you know, the creation of Bitcoin is going to make a better world. And somehow Bitcoin, the very nature of having a cryptocurrency is going to alleviate all the environmental problems as well as social injustices in the world, which I, I don't know for the life of me, I can't figure that out. <laughs> right? Am I wrong? It's it's it's, no, it's mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. So <laughs> this thing exploded, and it's going to be years and years and years until we find out exactly probably went down here. But the fact is that FTX went bust, took down other players with it. Silvergate Capital is is getting blown out because today. Uh, BlockFi is saying, well, they had their money with Alameda also. And and the 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 audacity of these guys from FTX out um moving out monies right at the 12th hour before the 12th hour, you know, midnight rang on their bankruptcy, billions of dollars into a highly leveraged situation that they bought basically shares of themselves to prop up the value. It's that same thing that SoftBank did years ago. I'm a little worked up about this because this pisses me off. I just want to tell you, okay? You didn't lose any money in the deal. No, zero. Zero. Yeah, of course not. No. But it just it just really aggravates so why me. You, so let's stop there. So why are you so worked up? Because I've You didn't s- lose a nickel. You saw this coming. It's like a Madoff thing. You weren't in on that either. Nope. And you didn't didn't kill. You didn't hurt you like some people it did. It just cracks me up when I, every time there's always a new person that shows up on the scene. Oh, yeah, I lost all my money with Madoff. This sort of thing. And there's people that lost money with this guy, obviously. And uh, all it was quicker in and out. Um, but why? So why are you mad? I'm just angry because I've seen very vividly these players out there on Twitter, on their podcasts, in on YouTube, pumping this whole deal. Not not just I'm not just talking about Bitcoin. I'm not talking about Bitcoin. Bitcoin is separate. Bitcoin, the actual currency itself, Ethereum, I'm not I'm not really talking about that. 
I'm talking about the players that came in and bastardized the whole system and twisted it all up into something where they sucked every piece out of it and basically killed people's financial future. A lot of people, sure. It, it makes me angry. It makes me angry. The Bitcoin, the actual... Does whole- okay, does it make you angry because these scammers hurt everybody that's doing a legitimate job in the market? Yes, Yes. Yeah, I, I could. You could. I guess you can be angry for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We talked about bonds. as a commentator. As a commentator, personally, I find the whole thing to be highly amusing. Uh, I would be irked if I had somehow gotten suckered into having any piece of that. But uh, no, wasn't gonna I, I don't know anybody yet, personally, that has had uh, money frozen. At FTX or BlockFi or because I, my son knows some people who ran a little an up and coming I think it was a gaming company or some some operation that got bought by these guys with and the the purchase was all in the coins oh. using the the coins oh. because the coins are better than cash oh and they lost everything that's no good no good so just to get back to uh, a couple things that are going on here locally in the the, the, the real world, non-metaverse, non-cryptocurrency. Massachusetts is creating a new tax. There's a law that creates a 4% tax on annual income above $1 million on top of the state's current 5% flat tax income, which is aiming to fund public, public education and road bridges and public transportation. Now, how many of you in Massachusetts that make over a million dollars are like, you know what, thank you, I'm out? Yeah, you move to Florida. Go, go somewhere. Yeah, anywhere. Anywhere, but not not in Massachusetts. They're going to do this because we know a couple of things about these kinds of funding mechanisms. Number one, they raise a lot of money. Number two, they spend more than they make. Number three, they spend it very poorly. Yeah, very poorly. I, I, well, they bribes, under-the-table deals, corruption. There was a penny surcharge. It's like the big dig. Yeah, there was a penny surcharge tax put on Broward County, where I live, uh, it's got to be it's got to be 4 years ago and one of the big things was that we're going to redo because it's just it's just too old uh the Fort Lauderdale Police Department major police department in this area and they're going to redo it it hasn't been touched in years and to redo what the whole police department the, the, the whole Why? New, because it's wholly unfit it doesn't it's supposed to be a a major um shelter well, they're driving around 57 Chevys i mean what is the deal the police department looks like terror. It's terrible. Supposedly there's not it enough is. room for their records, not enough room for uh, storage of, they have to rent out other the facilities. Records, they, they computerize the thing. But the, the, the evidence, the evidence, there's no room and there's no lab. Oh, room. the evidence room. Okay. The, there's a whole bunch of a, problems. You, you buy a warehouse. Yeah, that's what they, they did. Anyway, four years ago, and there's not even, they haven't even repainted this place or even thought about, they haven't done anything. Nothing. They've just been collecting money. Collecting money. Terrible. So, uh, for all you people in Massachusetts, sorry about that. Uh, we did talk about gridlock, and even though there was not a red wave in any sense of the word, there was a uh, taking over of the House. Therefore, as the Republicans now, and, you know, of course, just to be clear, it wasn't always this way. You know this, John. It wasn't always that particularly one side had majority versus the other and there was an absolute guaranteed gridlock because not every senator or Congress 
person voted party line only, right? There was a time. Yeah, but that was like in the 50s. <laughs> I'm just saying, there was 60s, a time. 60s, maybe. It's gotten worse every day since. It's gotten worse since Reagan. Yeah. So now everybody votes 80s. party line. So it's like having just one block. As if you go to- back into the into the 1800s, it was like that. The party line thing was, they used to have, if you were, you remember, I'd never saw one of these ballots, but my parents told me about the old straight ticket ballot where you'd go in, you didn't have to go in there and pick all these candidates. You just click the thing at the very top and said Republicans, Democrats. It was called a straight ticket. Mm. And you'd just make the one check mark. Boom. All the candidates got your vote. Easy peasy. Well, what we have now though is uh, essentially gridlock. It's not, it's not a complete gridlock. Yeah, you know, it's that the, the, the gridlock is the way I see it as somebody worked in the government as far as I'm concerned, that's the way to go. But the uh, gridlock is great because you can't get anything done. That's terrific. Yeah. Uh, um, but what the importance is, is in, in reality is that once one party or the other takes over and the Republicans should have this by a couple of, at least a couple of seats, they get to pick all the heads of all, they get to be the, all the chairman of all the committees, including the, these investigative committees, all are now going to all be Republicans. And that's going to make a huge difference in the way, uh, the, the way information leaks to the public. Because instead of, you know, this Trump thing, for example, that's going to be tossed that whole investigation and a lot of stuff's going to just be thrown out and the other investigations will begin. Yep. Well, uh, it should be fun. But now what is, I guess the big question I have is from a financial and a, and, and a market and a, um, a stand, a standpoint of, of from now till then, from now through when, you know, beyond the lame duck, right? This whole lame duck session. Yeah. A few months. What is Biden going to scramble and try to do? Because now he still uh, has he, he still has the ability. Yeah, yeah, he might try and do this and that. But luckily, that filibuster's still in play in the Senate, and you can't really get that far. But do you think they're going to keep on giving lots of money to mm-hmm. Ukraine? Yeah, absolutely. Thirty-two billion dollars. I I just I'd like to see what it just. It seems like a lot of money. Well, they've been giving four hundred uh, billion or million. I mean, it's just routinely, um, they're just throwing money over there like crazy. A lot it's of money. Nuts. I wouldn't be so shocked if there's a little enrichment going on of some of the major principles. What do you think? You think a rich enrichment, <laughs> huh? Gambling going on. Yeah, lots of fun. Probably have that whole thing's probably all green screened. Well, a lot of people think that might be true. <laughs> I mean, if they could do it for the movie, well, they could do it for People should this. go revisit the movie Wag the Dog if you want to see how this works. It's a that, great movie. Was that Robert Redford? Was that Robert Redford? No, no, it was Robert De Niro. De Niro, yeah. De Niro, yeah. And it's called Wag the Dog, and it's about a phony baloney situation that was created pretty much by the media, for the media. And and it's it's a very, and it has a lot of humor. It's a funny movie. It's almost like a black comedy. Hmm. Um, but it's like, Wow. Uh, this week, we have some reporting of earnings by a number of important companies. Today, we saw Home Depot and Walmart. As I mentioned, uh, I'll just clarify, Home Depot's numbers came out. Uh, actually, I didn't talk to you about this. I talked to somebody else about this. Uh, Home Depot's numbers came out. It was interesting because they were down about 2.5% in the pre-market, and then throughout the day, they just climbed up to you know up 1%. 
But what was interesting was that their revenue was higher, their tickets, uh, their average ticket price was higher, but they had far fewer tickets. So in other words, less shopping going on. But the shopping that was going on was higher priced in totality. And that obviously is a function of the higher costs that go into the price tag on the products. Inflation. And then we had uh, Walmart. Walmart actually had a, a better inventory situation, still about a 13% inventory backlog this quarter, which is down significantly from the last few quarters. Revenues were higher, more tickets as well. Big issue was that uh, they had mentioned, it was kind of odd, I thought, but there was a buying down of food products. In other words, cost factors we're paying, playing a big issue. Like hot dogs and beans were like a big item again. Ah. So we start getting into that spam economy. That's when you start getting worried. Hot dogs and beans. Hot dogs and beans. Uh, I, was, I took a visit to the Costco today and uh, saw what was going on there. And I said, really gearing up for Christmas. They got the trees. So everything's ready to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, like to an extreme. They got the plastic trees they got gifts galore they got uh the kind of stuff in the in the alcohol department you know they got these gift packs after gift packs of ah, all yeah. kinds of crazy stuff and you can find some good interesting products during this era and i was at uh, one of the big liquor stores around here knl and they the other day and it was same thing they had they were loaded to the gills with champagne i mean never people can be drinking a lot of champagne at least the way everyone sees it but my visit which is to come, which I will report back on, is the visit to Target. Because I think I think these guys have gone so Soviet that it's going to be depressing. So Soviet? What, 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 hey, reel that back. What, how did, where does that come from? What does that even mean? If, well, if you went to the Soviet Union before the fall of communism, you would know what it kind of meant. Uh, it's just dull. It's dreary. It doesn't have the life it once had. Uh, insofar as everything's concerned, it doesn't have the designer stuff so much anymore. It's it's drab. It's like a J.C. Penney's was just during its worst downturn. Am I envisioning lighting kind of blinking? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is that what you're saying? That's all that's missing. <laughs> that would be the idea. Yes. I went to, when I was in, went one time, this was in, before the fall of communism, the uh, the airport, uh, the Moscow airport, the place is so. It's like, it's dark. It's, it's like, like a Dulles. dark. Like, You've been to Dulles. Dulles is like being in a tomb that's all beigey gray. No, but I mean dark in so far as the lighting was. There's not enough oh. lighting. It was like just dark. And so I asked somebody about this, and this is during, again, the communist era. He says, oh, yeah, well, that's because the airport was German-designed, and they specced out all these light bulbs. Like, the whole ceiling is filled with, like, millions of light bulbs. But the Soviet light bulbs were, like, they were off-spec. Oh. And so, the, you know, the 40-watt bulb or whatever is supposed to be, a Soviet one would have, like, one-half the lumens of the German bulb. <laughs> and they filled it up, so it was dark. It was just pathetic. And that's when I'm I'm guessing Target's going to be kind of, like, getting the, in that – it's going in that direction. Well, Target's going to be announcing before the bell tomorrow, and they're expecting – of course, this is a standard thing. Whatever Walmart does, the problem is I don't personally think Target and Walmart should report so close together because it either do it in the same day – but the day after, if 
Walmart does well, it gives a kick up to Target. And if they don't play well and doesn't work, then it goes really hard the other way. And I don't know. Lowe's is tomorrow as well. So Home Depot and Walmart today. Lowe's and Target tomorrow. Macy's and Kohl's on Thursday with The Gap. So we got retail coming and seeing how things are going. But the interesting thing is, is this early in your opinion for all the regalia and trees and gifts on the 15th of November? It seems about right, though. Timing. I think it's about right. I think it's right for, for the, the current way things are going. People are buying stuff early. I think a lot of it has to do with the fear that, uh, you know, people will push, put it off too long it, because they weren't presented with it enough soon enough. And they'll go buy stuff at, at Amazon. Yeah, just in case you run out of a, you, 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 all of a sudden you can't get your hands on my little pony. There's stuff you can't get. I mean, I was thinking today I didn't do it, but I was thinking I was, I was floating around uh, the Costco. Uh, I was thinking of buying some gifts. And it's a little early to do that, but I was thinking about it because it was, I was presented with so much. Hmm. What did you end up buying? Oh, I bought some steaks and, you know, I needed some garbage bags. and uh, Somebody know, somebody show me Costco now has a picanha. A what? A picanha cut of steak. It's the sirloin cap. Delicious. I don't know what a sirloin picanha cut is. Yeah, you should I never it. heard of it. It needs to be marinated. It needs to be uh, uh, cooked slowly. It's a Brazilian specialty. It's a wonderful piece of meat. Oh, it's like one of the steaks that they serve in those mm -hmm. Brazilian steakhouses in Brazil. Yeah. Called picanha. Huh. Very good. Have you tried, have you cooked one of these? I've never cooked a picanha by myself. In other words, I've always. Don't they're supposed to be on a sword and you, you have to be on a fire sword, yeah. flipping around? It would be great if you could put them on one of those slanted barbecues that are, you know, where. where the Argentinian yeah, style. Exactly. That's exactly how you want to cook that. Nice and slow. Let all this stuff just drip down. It has a big fat cap. Leave that on. Because that juices up the steak. Well, right? I didn't see that. And I looked. I did not see they have some some American Wagyu. A mm -hmm. lot of uh, USDA. Uh, uh, not choice. Prime. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, what about that? Did you, did you ever have the, uh, the chicken pot pie? The chicken pot pie? Yeah, they have a giant chicken pot pie in Costco. They do? And I was told just this weekend, forget about the chicken pot pie, go right for the shepherd's pie. I have not seen anything like this at, at the Costco I go to. Uh, yep, I think they have this. I personally saw a the chicken pot pie. It was a, it's got to be a, I don't know, 12-inch diameter. It's a big a thing. A giant chicken pot pie. Yeah, I'm telling you. It was in the cooler <laughs> section. Okay. Yeah. I'll look. Yeah, you look next time. Uh, OPEC, oil is, uh, they're cutting their growth forecast. So they're trimming the demand growth in 2022, 2023 by 100,000 barrels per day. Not a not a big number. It's more of a just a uh, rounding That's issue. That's hardly anything. No, hardly anything. So the output fell 210,000 barrels um, exceeding their pledged cut. Saudi Arabia is making small drop in October output. Oil demand, they say, is going to increase in 2022 by 2.55 million barrels per day, or 2.6%. How does this make any sense? I don't understand any of it, because you're gonna, it's going to All the electric cars, and you're going to the people cutting back, and the price is too high. Well, it makes sense to me, because what they're going to do is they're going to cut production 
in the face of higher demand and try to keep it really tight, tight enough to make sure their pricing stays favorable for them. Well, that's what you want to do if you're a supplier for sure. That's but what I think they're doing. In hmm. China, I mentioned uh, we are seeing some signs that the, the, what are they calling it now? The five pillar plan of the three point blah, 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 blah. You know, they put these things out, right? Make everybody feel really good. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Because obviously what you said last time didn't work so well. So we'll just do things differently now. And believe us, it's going to work just fine. You know, this, this is their plan. So the financial regulator is going to allow property developers to access some pre-sale housing funds. I repeat, China's financial regulator will allow property developers to access some pre-sale housing funds. So, so a couple questions for you here. In a pre-sale, pre-sale, yeah. what funds are available for anything? Well, I think the Chinese have a giant fund that the government has a fund. Of course they do. And I think that's what they're talking about. They must be because what else would you what else could there be? Mm. Well, commercial banks are now it's allowed not sold is pre-sale means before the sale, before so there's the sale. no money from the, sure. from the buyer. Right. So the, therefore the government is going to be pro pro providing something. Now, yeah. commercial banks subsidized as usual. As usual. So now the commercial banks are allowed to issue letters of guarantee to real estate firms for escrow pre-sale housing funds. This is one of those things that you need to read slowly, like 500 times. And even write it down on a piece of paper to try to figure out what is actually going on here. So the mm. commercial banks are going to be allowed to issue letters of guarantee to the real estate firms for the escrow, the escrow of pre-sale housing funds. So what <laughs> does the letter of guarantee, it guarantees something, but what do you need it for if you haven't made the sale yet? Because I think what's happening is it's going to allow for real estate companies to take money from escrow accounts to utilize in the construction process and well, repay Somebody debts. else's money. Yeah, so now they're going to prioritize it to construct. So in other words, right now the problem is that there's an inability for many construction projects to continue because people are not paying their mortgages and everybody's freaking out about stuff. There's no more money being given out. So now all of a sudden there's this excess capital that's available that's going to be utilized, but it's not necessarily the government's, the bank's. Uh, the banks are going to guarantee it, but of course the banks are part of the government, but it's it's like this whole weird. It's like a Jackie Mason bit. It's weird. <laughs> Who's Jackie Mason? You know me. Real estate companies are banned from using the funds for land acquisition, new investment or repayment loans to shareholders. So you can't give money back, but you can continue. Essentially what's happening here is there's a bridge. There's availability of bridge money to continue with projects that probably were stalled that then forced forced people to withhold a payment because they're starting to freak out that they're going to lose all their money. This is showing uh, by the government in a, in a roundabout way that they are supportive and that the show will go on. Okay, so the so the point is is it's a mess. A complete mess, yeah, and complete this is the, their form of a bailout. This is, yes. There's a form of a bailout that they hope is going to spark a higher level of confidence, it seems to me. It seem, seems to me. 
not, not definite on that. So uh, we saw a big move on Chinese stocks due to the fact that um, that Beijing is rolling out more measures to support uh, the real estate sector, extending prepayment periods, facilitating financing for developers, lowering mortgage down payments. So th- 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 there's this whole thing they call the red line, and there's, I think, three points of the red line that if you go over it, bad things happen, whatever that is, right? There's, they shut you down, they close you off, you can't get credit, you know, things are bad. Well, in order to, it's, you know, it's like with that Jerry Lewis movie, you know, if, 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 if don't raise the bridge, lower the water. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. this is um, their way of lowering the water in that their red line has been crossed, and it's like, you know, the old, hey, don't you dare step over that line, because I'm telling you, don't, not that line. This line here, don't step over that line. And so they keep on moving the line. Now they're just, you know, saying to hell with it. Making it uh, so that things don't go awry. And at the same time, with all of this, what's happening is with the idea that there's been discussion back and forth about opening Macau up more and Hong Kong and, um, you know, the, the, the idea that the government is stepping in. Hong Kong stocks are having the best few weeks in history of 28% this month. Uh-huh. Just Hong Kong stocks. The Hong Kong index represented by symbol F, as in Frank X, X-ray, I as in indigo, FXI is the symbol that is representative of the Hong Kong mainland stocks, and those are on fire. Pretty amazing. What a little stimulus can do. Meanwhile, they're down 75%. So a 25% rally is not really that big of a deal, but it, you know, if you can get into the bottom, what the hell? Yeah, if you got lucky. Yeah. So the Fed is coming out. They're talking about it soon being appropriate for a slower pace of rate hikes. The odds for the December, I don't know if it's the 13th or 14th. I feel like it's the 14th. Anyway, mid-December meeting that's coming up. 80% now favoring a 50 basis point rise as opposed to a 75 basis point rise, which was all the rage just about two weeks ago. And that's what's going to happen. Yep. You know, we've been seeing a lot of layoffs. Company after company, especially in the technology area, are announcing layoffs. And what I found really interesting about this was, do you remember when companies after during COVID did the, oh no, it, no, no, it wasn't COVID. I take it back. It was after the tax reduction, the corporate tax reduction act that that Donald Trump put into play. Remember that? And, right. And and company after company was like, oh, we're going to give each employee a thousand dollars. Remember that whole thing? Yeah, I do. And at, f- at first, there was some really bad, uh, there was a lot of bad commentary about these companies making all this money. It doesn't flow down to the employees. And then they started doing this, and everybody's like, so happy. And one company, you know, get praised. Oh, $1,000 per employee. This is amazing. So what happened? Every company started doing it, right? I recall. Now we have something going on these days. These penguins are doing the exact same thing. We see that companies are starting to do mass layoffs, and the market likes it. The market's like, oh, oh, Facebook, let me get this straight. After all the spending that's going on, all that, you're finally saying that maybe we need to cut some of our expenses and be a little bit more uh, you know, reasonable in what we're doing. Stock goes up dramatically. 
And then Microsoft, laying off a thousand here, a thousand there. Amazon, ten thousand employees. Stocks yeah. are going up. Stocks are going my, up. My wife pointed out something funny: is that Bezos has decided to become he's going to start being philanthropic, and he's going to give all his money away. And he, you know, he just gave a hundred million dollars to Dolly Parton for some reason. I think she gave and that back though. Did she now? Yeah, I thought there was something about that. Well, it was supposed to go to charities, but okay. Uh, I'm sure she got condemned for it. But the point is, is why doesn't he just keep not fire people? That would be pretty philanthropic, it seems to me. Hundred, hundred billion. Yep, it's hundred billion. Yeah, yep, maybe not. So why is it? Why is he doing this? Tax-wise? Taxes? Something? What? Who knows? Been, I think what you said is the reason he's doing the layoffs. Or why is he giving his money away? Yeah. Who knows? He's got some, you know, he's got this new woman. And I think she's hounding him. I or have maybe no it's the old woman because his former wife gave away tons of money. Oh, yeah. She gave away a lot. She my my nice. wife works for a community college here uh, in... Um, She's, it doesn't matter the department, but the point is she gave $30 million. One day a letter's like, hey, by the way, 30 million will be arriving in your account tomorrow. I was like, huh? Pretty good. Your wife's account? What do well, you mean no. the school? Yeah, the school, unfortunately. But that's Why? nice. Because she yeah, gave it's it. Yeah, nice, she but what school to, is this? It's Broward College. She gave it to uh, colleges with very forward thinking, you know, these are two-year colleges. Forward thinking and my heavy minorities. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Update Elizabeth Holmes looking for a 15 year sentence. Probably going to co ed with the FTX gang. Uh, <laughs> in, in, in more news of greed, uh, rail unions didn't. Ra There's a lot of similarities with, with uh, Elizabeth Holmes, of course, with what's going on. We, you know, everybody all of a sudden was a big fan of Sam Bankman fraud as I call him. Uh, and everybody, now everybody hates him. I don't know how did we don't even know, the, <laughs> but we don't even know the information yet that he was the one that caused the problems. We maybe, have no idea. Maybe what, he's a victim. Seriously. He could have been victimized. He didn't seem that stupid. He's yeah. a physicist. Very rarely get victimized. Uh, the U S security exchange commission said on Monday, it has charged the S and P global rating service with conflict of interest violations. The watchdog said in a statement that S&P Global Ratings violated conflict of interest rules designed to prevent sales and marketing considerations from influencing credit ratings. So this is this is the whole gig in a nutshell, right? This is the whole ESG. This is the whole paying to play. Yeah. This is the whole, you know, what happened during the credit meltdown of the financial crisis. Yeah, where, same thing, the same kind of corruption. Yeah, and, and why the U.S. and major... Uh, why does the U.S. have an, a AAA rating on their sovereign debt? Because if they didn't, they would fire the rating service and you wouldn't know what the rating was. Well, there's that. It's a big client. Very, very big client. Very big client. Uh, what else do we have? Layoffs. Uh, oh, rail union. The rail union did not ratify the labor agreement. Yeah. What You know about that. What's Saw going that on with this? Coming. Sorry? You know you know about this because you count cars. What what's the deal with this? Well, the one one of the unions said this they put together a lousy deal, didn't give us anything we wanted. And they said we're not going along with this. And the other ones had to go along with the you know, the way this structure, the way rail unions are structured. If one bails out, they all have to because it's just 
they can't operate without all of them are pretty interdependent. And then they also went back to the drawing board like, yeah, you're right. We probably shouldn't do this and we should probably do that. And it turned into a, a joke. And so they looks like they're going to uh, do a work stoppage. Hmm. Which will screw things up royally. That's so that's going to screw up the supply chain. It's going to, Oh, it's, it's going to screw up everything. Create, everything. Create, uh, uh, not help inflation. No, it's going to screw up everything and they know it. And that's what the, I guess one of the smarter of the unions said, you know, you know, we could, we have a lot of leverage here, like a lot of leverage. Let's use it instead of knuckling under some of these stupid ideas uh, that we, you know, we had our ideas of what we want. We should just get what we want. And that's where it's headed. It seems to me, I would do the same thing if I was running one of those unions. Are you a fan of unions? Well, I formed a union once. I was part of a no, organizing. Now what I'm asking you today. Are you a fan no, of No, I think that I think unions are uh I don't think they're a benefit and I think they operate in, in a 30s manner that's not uh, productive. I, I I think there's places that need unions but they could never get unions and I I, I think they're in an I think they're in anachronism to be honest about Ooh. it personally. And I've gotten to training, you know, I went to this church, you know, I get, and the training was once you are in one of the major unions as an officer and you get trained, it's like, wait a minute, these ideas are really old fashioned. I don't know. I, I, I the whole. Oh, you hate unions. We already know that we've done the show long enough. Don't even have to go into it. All right, you like hate unions. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. Not, not, not a big fan at all. Nope, 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 nope. All right, let's talk about one of my favorite stories of the week. Okay, can we do that? Yeah. Boxing, I'll, I'll tell you a story with this. Uh, Mike Tyson, you know Mike Tyson, right? Everybody course, knows Mike you Tyson. You know Evander Holyfield, right, of course? Yeah. Let me tell you a story. I, I got mean, to see him, I got to see a Holyfield fight once. Oh, did you? Oh, guys. A beast. Mad. Beat the crap out of anybody. Yeah. I am at the Bull and Bear Club at the Waldorf Astoria, uh, having drinks one day in New York City, and I'm leaving. So I leave. Nothing, you know, whatever. It's the end of my time there. I'm leaving. So I walk out the door. It's about, about three steps. And I go to the side, the door at the side street, right? That's where I open the door. But before I do so, for whatever reason, I thought I heard somebody call my name. I stop at the top step, and I turn around. And when I tell you, in my face, was a Vander Holyfield, <laughs> okay, like right there. I'm like, uh, uh, and this man is a very strong-faced looking dude. He has a uh, distinctive look it's, it's, of, of just could rip your head off. I feel like if I had a bat in my hand and I started swinging at his face, it would not bother him at all. You probably could break the bat, yeah. So and I'm like, oh, and I and, and ever since then, I, I got this face. I'm telling you, it was right there in my face. Okay, so what was the what was the circumstance? You said you heard someone call your I just name. Thought I, saw, I just thought I heard somebody call my name. I turned around, and I don't know why he was right there, but he was right there, walking right up. I'm like, hello. You know, it's very odd. But anyway, you didn't ask for his autograph. No, I was I, I was done. stunned. I was stunned. Okay, <laughs> I was, I didn't even know what was happening. But what's happening is we do know the relationship that Mike Tyson has with Evander Holyfield. Yeah. They're, now they're teaming up to launch a line of cannabis-infused edibles called Holy Ears. Oh please, this is this is this is pathetic. 
Tyson 2.0 already sells cannabis-infused products called Mike Bites, which are shaped like ears with a bite mark. Oh, please. <laughs> from Mike from Mike Bikes to Holy Ears. Now cannabis fans around the world can appreciate the same wellness benefits from plant-based products that have brought me, Tyson said in a statement, and that is privileged to reunite with his former opponent. So he cut him. So he's been carrying around this guilt from biting the guy's ear that he brought him in on the deal. That's nice. That's nice. And and, and I, I guess Holyfield nice. has a sense of humor. Yeah, it's hard to tell <laughs> just by looking at him. You know what Tyson does because you can tell. Mm-hmm. But uh, you don't know about Holyfield. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you my my fights are. We were at, it was a Reno fight. And it was when uh, Hollyfield was still cruiserweight. He was gonna he was going for the cruiserweight championship, just under heavyweight. And the cruiserweight champ at the time was this guy Tillman. And so we had pretty good seats. We weren't close enough that we we're gonna get sprayed, uh, which is you know within probably the first five or six rows. But we got in row ten, something like that. So we got a good look at this fight. And I'll say this. Uh, if you haven't been to a professional fight with big guys fighting and you get to see the spray, every time the punch hits, there's a big spray of of um, sweat, spit, sweat, and yeah. whatever's there. And the harder the punch, the bigger the spray. And it's very obvious that you, can, if you're ringside or somewhere around watching the fight, you would score it differently than you watch it on TV. Because even with the HD, although 4K, you might be able to see some of this, you can't see the, the real magnitude of the spraying. And so the spray, you know, and Hollyfield hit like a big spray and then it hit him. He hit him. It looks like he hit him hard, but there's no, no spray. So it wasn't the same. He knocked him out with a knockout punch. And I swear, and I think this is where a phrase comes from. The spray, this huge spray that emitted from Tillman as he went down was yellow mm. instead mm. of the normal white. And I think that's where they get uh, uh, beat the piss out of somebody. So you because think it, that he smashed him in the face and somehow he piss sprayed all over everybody. It was the spray, the color of the spray with the knockout punch was yellow. That's all I can say. I don't know. He wasn't peeing in the air or anything. Was it possibly a combination of uh, uh, um, sweat, saliva, and blood? I have no idea what it was. But I you, have no but idea. You remember this I'm very just telling you. All I remember huh. is it was like a jaw dropper to see this huge spray of yellow instead of white uh, when he got knocked out. And, and, it and was, you saw this because you were that close. Yeah, we were like 10 rows back. It was very, very identifiable. Yeah, so the good, I was that close. I will share with you that my, my thoughts are that that phrase, the beat the piss out of somebody. I'm glad to say that it wasn't the thought that beat the crap out of somebody. <laughs> it would have been brown. <laughs> Yeah. So that's like a wow moment. That's crazy. That's crazy. All right, let's get over to the game. Here we go. Oh, I have to announce something. I have to say something before we forget. Two things. Number one, uh, donations appreciated. Donations at the end of the year are really important to us right now. We got a new new stack of shirts. Can I tell you the amount? It may not seem because it's relatively smooth, but we have a lot of development time in this new server because – PHP files don't agree, and you have to look at the MySQL thing and lock it down over this way. It's a nightmare. Oh, so we're working on that. So, yes, please go over to the website, dhunplug.com, click on the button and give. If you don't give, you should feel really bad about yourself, right? I agree. Yeah. 
The next thing is we're going to be announcing right now, right here at the moment. Uh, you're going to hear it first. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, the close to the pin for the S&P 500 ETF. This is the one that is ahead of the final close to the pin cup for the year. So there's one more that's going on this year for 2022. It's a warm up. It's an index. SPY is the symbol. Go over to DSA Plug, sign up, make sure to get in your price guess for the close to the pin for the SPY 500. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk, along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discuss in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. Not much changing. Yeah, a lot of green though. We only have three, and one of them got kicked off. Your your crazy, which I was yeah you pooing yeah the Silvergate Capital yeah. Well, especially yeah, I, because today they were down another twelve percent, seventeen percent down seventeen yeah, percent today. Yeah, well, you got kicked off at six minus six. Uh, everything else is green except for the short for Costco has finally turned around. It was doing okay, and now it's at minus two. And then Liberty Media's, uh, Media, Liberty Media's dead money. And everything else is good. And you still got your uh, pro shares, ultra oil and gas is up 68%, 69, which is a stunning, stunning pick. That's I'm, the I'm going to uh, quickly pick of the year. So, of pick of the year. Yeah, so far. Uh, no, no, it's not. F oh, no, if FEC goes back to 2020. The only thing about the FEC Bank Corp is I will share with you. It's up 95%. That's awesome. I mean, like. Great, amazing, fantastic. And it did hit 100. But it's not gone anywhere in like four months. No, it's months. dead money. Yeah. It's basically dead money <laughs> Maybe at Maybe there's a dividend on there. There could be a dividend. Maybe it's a big fat dividend being paid. Who knows? Oh, who knows? I'm going to short Home Depot. Uh, the report that they put out today was kind of like just meh. And uh, with housing prices possibly tumbling and the fact that uh, maybe some home decorating is more expensive these days, I think maybe... People are not fixing up to sell as much as they were. And uh, while they may go to home projects, as we think that happens, not every single thing is always a good story for these stocks. So stock is down a bit for the year. Their numbers are not great for uh, the year. Quarter was okay. Still a lot of problem with uh, potential for backlog of, of orders, price issues, margin compression. So we're going to short Home Depot. I'm going to go long a D-Dog. Oh, D-Dog, really? Yeah, I know. Dead dog. Yep, yep, yep. That's because I'm doing this on the, this is pure insiders. And I explain who this, there's one guy who's one of the directors and his name is uh, Matthew Jacobson. And I, you always like to research these guys to see what they're, you know, I mean, if some guys just buy and buy and buy, and I mean, that's not really the same to me as a guy who's trading. And this guy has traded this stock and he's a director of the company, D-Dog. And he's done well for himself. He sold it at a high and he's, and he's he cleaned up. And then now he's bought, he's recently bought, according to this, probably about almost, almost 60 million, 50, no, 50, 60, almost $70 million worth of stock. Wow. 
And so he's a big splurger and he's got a track record that is okay. And so I think this would be one of those insiders you want to follow if, if, you know, he's doing, doing a God's work for his wife. Yeah. Uh, D dog. All right. That's it. We'll end it there. And then uh, until next week, we'll be uh, buttoned up against the uh, Thanksgiving holiday. But uh, until then, I want you to have a wonderful time. Go to Costco and check out those, uh, the, the the chicken pot pies. And what was the other one I said? The shepherd's chicken pie. Chicken pot pies. Some other thing yeah. that they don't have. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to actually, I'll give you a target report. It'd be more interesting. Right. Thank you so much. See you next week. See you then. Bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent because I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the icy stare because I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.